Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Welcome to Grounds for Discussion. I'm Laura. And I'm Becky. And this week we are discussing the book Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. So Becky, would you like to tell everybody what coffee we're drinking and all of that stuff? So um, if you listened to our last episode, you know that um, my husband, Nathan, actually got Laura and I a one-time subscription to Coffee and a Classic. So it comes with a classic, you know, obviously, and um, some coffee and a little dessert and a bookmark, all these cute little trinkety things. So... um, we decided that we would, along with Little Women this week, we would try the dessert that came with it and the coffee. So yes. the coffee actually said just a light roast. Um, yeah, it had a cute little picture on it, though. It, it kind does. of showed the Little Women with some words and stuff. It was cute. Yeah, I actually thought about it cutting it out and I was like no I'm not gonna do that I'm not oh gonna. that's well when it's gone maybe you could that's a cute idea you could put it on a um frame or something it's it's a yeah. cute little print almost you know it so is. it is but it also came with a print like a it could be a bookmark or it could be like a, you could fo- like frame it of a picture of the girls too which I thought was yes. really cute so yeah it was know. But anyway, so that's the coffee we're drinking. And then the dessert that goes with it is this malt. It's a lava cake, like a chocolate lava cake with raspberry in the middle. Did you make yours, Laura? I did. And I wasn't sure. It's actually one of those um, microwave cakes. It's almost like when you do a a cake in a mug kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was like that. And so I was like, I don't know how good this is going to be, you know, but it was pretty good for being a microwave cake. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really good. I loved it. Yeah. The molten part was really yummy, too. yeah, Yeah. I I'm not a huge like raspberry like fake raspberry fan you know but okay. like I I thought it was really really good I liked it a lot the coffee however was not my favorite no the coffee is um it's okay I mean it's not terrible but it's definitely not yeah. it, you can tell it's not fresh fresh ground and that right, kind of thing right um but yeah it's 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 all right it's just it's definitely not super fresh yeah. Well, but. maybe that was the thing I said to Nathan. Maybe they're just trying to go for like an authentic flavor. Like, <laughs> like this is what it would have tasted like during the little women time. That's interesting. I wonder if it would be more or less fresh because I wonder if back then if they had to like roast their own beans or did, could they get coffee beans oh, that were, I, I wonder how, how that all worked back then. Hmm. Um, don't know how that works out for them, but, uh, maybe somebody who is listening will know the answer to that. Uh, so, um, Becky, would you like to explain about the book that we read and the version that we read? Okay. So, um, the book that came with our subscription actually only has part one of two. So apparently there's this discrepancy about the book. Uh, and how it's printed in England and Canada, the book is typically printed with just part one, but in the U S it's usually printed both with part one and part two. So the copy that we got 
was printed in Ontario. So we got part one. Yeah, um, did you know that, Becky? I didn't until... I, so it was kind of funny because Micah, my son, wanted to read this book with us this time. And I had a copy on hand, so I let him use that one. And I was using the fancy one that we got in the box. And mine was clearly, like, much, much shorter. And I was like, that's so weird. It must just be the print, you know? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> and then Nathan looked at it and he's like, no, this definitely has more in it. That so, is funny. Yeah, so then I looked it up and I was like, all right, what's going on here? So, yeah, I learned something new about that because yeah, I, I had no idea. I didn't know that either. I didn't realize there was – I feel like I had heard about Little Women and Good Wives and never put together mm. that those were just what we in the States would call Little Women. Yeah. I didn't know those were two different things. And the only thing I could come up with when I found that out was – Okay, so I remember in some of the classics like Jane Eyre and Wuthering mm-hmm. Heights and some of those that were printed, you know, 19th century in England, that kind of thing. They yeah. would, I remember they would print them in volumes. A lot of times they'd be mm-hmm. like two or three volumes. And mm-hmm. I don't know why they did that. Maybe it was a money thing or maybe it was more of a, we'll see if we get anybody but, on the hook right. for this one. And then maybe we'll print more if it does well. Yeah. But, yeah, I didn't know that about this this particular book. So I thought that was interesting, especially since it's not written by a British person. So right. it just seemed kind of strange to me that it was printed that way. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. But, you know, it was interesting when I looked it up. <laughs> Fun fact about this book. Yeah, so this, the part one ends with um, father coming home. Meg yes. is, you know romantically involved with Brooks and Beth has recovered from her illness. So that's kind of where we stopped off, you know, in our, our version. (laughs) Yeah. So Laura, do you want to do, um, tell us a little bit about the book, do a summary. Sure. So little women follows a year in the lives of the March family, which consists of Mrs. March, Mr. March and their four daughters, Margaret, or Meg, Josephine, called Joe, Elizabeth, Beth, and Amy. And the book opens um, around Christmas time um, in Massachusetts, where the family lives. Mr. March is away. He's um, working as a chaplain during the Civil War. And we quickly come to realize that the family is not very wealthy, but they have everything that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, so the narrative kind of centers around the personalities and characters of these four girls and their interactions with each other and with many other characters along the way. And over the course of the year, they have just a lot of really fun adventures. They have arguments and they have trials and they kind of consider themselves to be little pilgrims on a journey to mm-hmm. the celestial city. And they speak about pilgrims progress and being pilgrims. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of the girls does grow in, in really unique ways throughout this one year of time. Mm-hmm. So um, for the cast of characters, you mentioned uh, quite a few of them, most of them, most of the main characters, but um, there's, 
Meg, the oldest, right, who's, like, responsible. She's the oldest yes. sister. She kind of mothers her sisters a little bit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, she's she it has a special bond with Amy, the youngest. And yes. then there's Joe. Um, she's the out-of-the-box thinker. Um, and when I was kind of doing a little bit of research, uh, it, a lot of people refer to the fact that um, – Louise May Alcott kind of based this character off herself. So, um, yeah, so she, Joe has a temper. She kind of has a quick tongue, um, but she's very creative. And then there's Beth, sweet Beth. (laughs) She's like the quiet one of the bunch. She's uh, innocent and virtuous. She, I thought it was sweet, like, um, you know, she was always taking care of her dolls, you know, and, and yes. um, just a very innocent um, nurturer type. And then there's Amy, the youngest, and she's the artistic one. And she tends to be a bit pouty, I think would be a nice <laughs> yeah. way to put it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's uh, Teddy or Lori Theodore is his his uh given name but he goes by Lori a lot in the book but um he is the next door neighbor that's being raised by the grandfather um always you know he has this um Mr. Brooks who uh tutors him and he's trying to become more of a gentleman you know his grandfather's very concerned about that so there's Lori and he actually becomes really good friends with the girls and then there's Mr. Lawrence his grandfather uh he's the next door neighbor he's grieving over his um his child that he lost and he's trying to raise this grandson um and it it repeatedly talks about how he is very rich um and then there's Mrs. March, which, um, well, she's the mom, but they call her Marmy. Did you, like, were you curious about that at all, Laura? I have always been curious about that. I don't know that I ever actually took the time to look it yeah. up, but I have always been, since the first time I read it, I wondered why they called her Marmy. Yeah, I I was wondering that too. And it was kind of funny because as we were reading through it, Micah and I, he um, he started calling me Marmy. <laughs> it's just you know cute little thing but um so because of that too I was like I wonder why they called her that so I did look it up and apparently in the time that this book was set Alcott most likely spoke in an eastern Massachusetts accent so she that means she dropped her R's which sounds like a Boston accent now this is you know like a theory they're not sure if this is exactly why but new englanders would have pronounced the r as ah so marmy equals mommy mommy yeah okay and they do they do say sometimes mother in there so they don't just call her marmy so yeah i never put that together that if you drop the r in marmy it's yeah. just mommy. Yeah. I thought it was a, a way of saying mother, but I never put it together that it would just be m- mommy. Yeah. I always assumed that it was just like an affectionate name, like Mimi or Gigi or something, you know, like I didn't think that yeah. it, that's really how they pronounce mommy. So yeah, that could be that's why. Funny. I mean, that's, you know, we don't know, but 
I just thought that was interesting. So anyway, I've, I've always wondered. Yeah. I had always wondered about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's talk about some of the questions that we have just from our reading. Um, yeah. so I noticed right away, um, obviously I've read this book before, but it's been a few years and I probably, I've, I've read it a few times, but this time around, I really noticed this idea of rich versus poor. Mm-hmm differently this time around than I have in previous readings. Yeah. Um, What do you think about the theme of wealth versus poverty that comes up so much in the book? Yeah. Well, they talk a lot about how they're poor. Amy brings up like, you know, Mm -hmm. when they, when they were rich, when Meg was little, you know, Um, and, and it's clear that they, you know, can't afford all of what they want. They talk a lot about, you know, the, the newest fashions they can't afford and things like that. Um, and how they have to be satisfied with what they have. Well, um, so you know that they, they struggle financially. Um, yes, but I find it interesting that they complain about it so much, I guess, just because they're, comparing to what they used to have and they probably compare themselves a lot to um Lori you know their next door neighbor who has everything he needs you know but then it talks it's interesting because it talks about the the Hummel family that they um that they you know help out this really poor family that's in bad health all the time that's who they gave their Christmas dinner to um yeah there so when you look at that you know you think well they're they're much better off than than this family um they have you know the food they need they have servants they have a house they have all these things that that poor family doesn't so I don't know what Alcott was trying to say there but I think it's interesting to think about you know the ranks of right you know of poverty right and I I I found it so interesting this time around reading it and seeing it differently right away I latched onto Hannah in a way that I never had before she always seemed who the the servant the servant yes yes their servant and she in my mind had always just been kind of a minor supporting character and I don't know why but she just really jumped out to me in this reading and I was thinking you know, what must she think of when these little girls complain mm. about their lives? Um, she's their servant. And I, there is no mention in the book whatsoever of her ethnicity. Mm-mm. And so I think when I was growing up, I just assumed she was white. And now I wonder if she was a black lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and what, why, you know, what was she thinking as they were, you know, yeah, they, they, they had to be very frugal and careful with their money. Right. Um, but again, they were comparing to a life that they used to have. Yeah. And for her, she was probably thinking, you know, you, you actually have it pretty good. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's just interesting because the thing is, um, when you think about it, I don't think, I don't think there's any end to envy. So if you look at it in the way of look what we don't have, you'll never be happy. Yes. But when these girls, whenever they would be upset about something that they couldn't do or have because they didn't have the money for it, it was funny how 
Marmy was really good at kind of redirecting them to serving. Yeah. And as soon as they started turning around and serving the people who were actually less fortunate than them, mm-hmm. their attitudes changed. Yeah. And they sort of realized how rich they were, not just in, in things, but in family mm. and and, and and that idea too of richness comes through in so many different ways as not just wealth, not just money. Yeah. They have the things that make a home happy because they have love. Yeah. They have a family that cares about each other. Mm-hmm. They have God. They have, you know, so yeah. I, I that whole idea of rich versus poor. And when we think of ourselves in one category or, or the other, mm. just really stuck out to me this yeah. reading. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I remember one of Joe's encounters with Lori when he was, he was sick and he was really lonely. Do you remember this part? And Joe talked about how she felt bad for him because she was rich in home and happiness. And so she tried to share that with him and she told him that he could come over and, you know, she wanted to make him feel welcome into their home. And um, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you thought of this, but, whenever we, you know, would joke about at home, like when we were growing up, mom would always say, well, we're rich in Jesus. <laughs> Do you remember that? I, I thought about that a lot during this reading. I really did. Yeah. Because I remember going back in my head and I try to think of where my brain was as a kid, because um, for those of you who don't know us, we one of six kids, we, we didn't have a ton of money growing Mm up. Um, but we, we always had what we needed and God always provided. So Mm -hmm. we were never, you know, destitute. We were never homeless. We were never without food. Yeah. Um, but we, but my parents would always say, and especially our mom would always say Mm -hmm. we're rich in Jesus. And it wasn't, she wasn't being, you know, funny she was serious mm-hmm. I mean like she, this was a real thing and we would talk about that there's not just one way to be rich yeah and being rich is having Christ because in Christ we have everything yeah so yeah so um I I did think about that quite a bit yeah yeah <laughs> um another theme that kind of ran through the book was the the idea of Joe's temper um yeah so there's a a certain scene where Marmy talks to Joe about her temper and says that she struggles with her anger nearly every day of her life. Do you remember this part? Yeah, I do. And and she says in one of her conversations with Joe, um, something about the troubles and temptations of your life are, are many or will be many, but you can overcome and outlive them all. If you learn to, um, to go to your heavenly father pretty much just like you do, you know, to just like she did with her, her earthly father. And, uh, she said, the more you love and trust him, the nearer you will feel to him and the less you will depend on human power and wisdom. His love and care never tire or change can never be taken from you, but may become the source of lifelong peace, happiness, and strength. Believe this heartily and go to God with all your little cares and hopes and sins and sorrows as freely and confidently as you come to your mother. I thought that was beautiful. I like, I almost started crying at that part because, okay, here's this 
woman who's going through all these things. She's trying to raise her daughters to be, you know, the women that, that she believes they can be. And, and she's directing them back towards, you know, the source of, of, of their real true joy. And like, she talks about her trials too, how she struggles with her, with temptation too, just like, or not temptation, sorry, with, uh, her temper, just like Joe does. And I just thought it was, it was really cool to see that because, okay. So recently I watched the newest movie of little women with our family. I have not seen that. Yeah. Okay. And I really did enjoy it. There were some parts that were a little confusing because it went back and forth in time, but I, I did, Hmm. I did enjoy it, but I just like, they leave out certain parts in the movie and you know, they're not going to put something like this in there. I, I wouldn't think I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that they would do that. Right. But Right. In the movie, it's so much like, I'm empowering you. You can do this. You're strong enough to do this. And really, that's not what Marmy is saying at all. She's saying... It's the opposite. Yes. She's saying, you can't yeah. do this. Your source and your strength is in God alone. And that's who you have to go to, to, to help you with your temper, you know? So, yeah, I just, I loved that part. And then all throughout the book, you see her working on going to God for, you know, the strength that she needs to, to fight this battle. So I, I thought that was a really good part that I, I enjoyed. Yeah. What did you think about that idea of, um, sort of that, the idea of being good Mm. and try and trying and striving and and pick up your burden and keep going yeah. and, and this kind of went throughout the book and and what marmy said about going to going to god for your strength because yeah. they're, they're kind of op- i mean they're not they're opposites yeah. you know either you're relying on your own yeah um strength of will and strength of character to just kind of pull your bootstraps mm-hmm. up and get yourself going and and or you're saying I can't do it and you're and you're going to God with it and saying God I need you to work through me. Yeah. What did you think about that idea throughout the book because I kind of went back and forth on do they are, are they trusting Christ or well, are they trusting themselves? Yeah, I think the girls struggled with that a lot because they did trust in themselves and then when Marmy would draw them back to the truth they found it easier to um, do what they needed to do, but being good in and of themselves, like you said, they, they couldn't do it. It was the opposite of the message that she was trying to give to them. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and each of the girls kind of had their own Apollyon. Mm -hmm. If you want to go from Pilgrim's Progress, that's what she called that chapter on Joe's kind of on Joe's temper. It was called, you know, Joe's Apollyon. Mm -hmm. Um, so Joe's Apollyon is her temper. Yep or her, her anger issues that kind of come up and she just wants to just spit out vitriol. Meg's, um, is, you know, wishing for money and luxury and wishing she didn't have to work for a living and this kind of thing. So they each had kind of their own Mm -hmm. thing that they struggled with throughout the book. Um, 
And in, in some of the discussions that you see of this book now, there's kind of a tendency to put sort of like a modern slant, mm-hmm. um, especially on, on Joe, the character of Joe. Yeah. Um, so people kind of tend to see her as not just, not just the wild one or, or the one who doesn't easily conform into the mold of the little woman that she's supposed to be. Um, they tend to kind of, do, do, do you think it's fair to read into that sort of a feminist slant or well, something like what is your view of how Joe sees the world and, and how we see Joe? Yeah. Well, I, uh, when you read the book, you do come across parts of it that talk about, you know, she, I wish I were a boy or I wish I weren't born. a You know, she, yes. she does talk and about they call that. themselves gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. And they like, to and pretend. they're always talking about their, yeah. Yes. But I think when you put your perspective as a modern day woman into the story, it doesn't read the same way. Um, Yeah. And I think, you know, if you push your agenda a little bit, like, I think there are, I think there are some things in this book that are very you know, uh, uh, new for this, gen- that generation, you know, like, yeah, I think she was pushing the envelope a yeah, bit for her audience. Definitely. I definitely, um, and that. I do think she was trying to say something yeah. about what it means to be a woman. Yeah. yeah. With Joe's character, because you don't always, she's not the, she's not the Meg right she's not the and she's upset with meg half the time because meg is gonna ruin everything by getting married and having babies right and (laughs) meg's gonna ruin everything yeah but i think if you step back and look at joe's character uh you see that she is just another form of femininity she just is another way of looking at a woman she's yeah she's creative she's spunky she's um you know, outgoing and that's okay. That's okay. That doesn't make her any less feminine. She's still, she's still, um, very much a woman, you know? Um, she, she, she kind of spurns it a little bit Mm. in her speech, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, but I think she's struggling to understand that it's okay that she's those things and it doesn't make her any less feminine. Exactly. Yeah. And when I read, um, you know, the term little women, I think some, some people might take that to be sort of a derogatory statement, but I, I looked at it as, um, like an affectionate term for them because the people that called them little women were always the people that were closest to them that knew them, like their father, you know, wrote to the little women. So I thought of it almost like a nickname or an affectionate name for them. I didn't look at that in a, in a bad way, you know? Yeah. And this is a bit of a tangent here, but I always thought all of the father's uh, letters and all of the things that he said to the girls, they always felt very much um, almost like, almost like coming from God. Mm. Um, That first letter that comes home. Yeah. Um, where he talks about, you know, I have to be away, but I'm working for you Yeah, and I will come back mm. and I know that I'm going to be very proud of you. 
for all the hard work that you've done and all that you have accomplished while I've been away. And I just thought you could completely take that. (laughs) That's, that can be a a love letter from, from our father saying, you know, I I go to prepare a place for you and then I'm coming back and I'm going to be so proud of you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. I, I, that's, I just heard that so much in his voice yeah. whenever he spoke to his daughter. I did not think about that, but that's so powerful <laughs> that to to see it in that way, you know. Yeah, that's really cool. So, did you have a favorite scene or a favorite okay. part of the you book? Know, I'm really bad with favorites. You can ask anybody. <laughs> um Ben will tell you, Ben, my husband, he, yeah, he will tell you, don't ask Laura for her favorite. She will give you six. <laughs> this is, I'm, this is going to come out right here. I have a hard time picking favorites. So I'm giving, going to give several. Okay. Um, one of my favorites was when Joe was reading to Aunt March, mm-hmm. who she, uh, she is a companion for her aunt, her rich aunt. And she is reading to her from a book that she enjoys reading Mm -hmm. and her aunt tends to nod off in the middle so she's nodding off and she's only catching snippets and so she kind of wakes up and is like I don't know what you're reading you need to read that to me out loud while I'm awake so I can tell what you're Mm -hmm. up to you know kind of like almost like scolding her (laughs) like why you're reading something that's not virtuous or you're reading something that's not you know sermons or whatever and so she starts reading it and her aunt gets really into it and tries to pretend that she's not. (laughs) And then Joe kind of goes, well, I'm afraid I'm probably just making you tired. I better stop like right at a cliffhanger. (laughs) And of course, Aunt March just says, don't be impertinent. (laughs) Keep reading. You know, (laughs) I just love that. It just makes me laugh so much. Um, I also love the, the scene where Meg gets to go out um, with her friends and stay with her friends and, she kind of gets, hmm. um, I'm going to say floozied up. Yeah. Or as our mom would say, gussied yeah. up, but it, it's more than that. It's more than gussied up. Um, she, she's wearing some of the more modern stuff and it's maybe a little more revealing mm-hmm. than it should be or something, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, I pictured something that's maybe just not quite as modest as she would normally right. wear. And if her mom had seen her in it, she she knows her mom would not have approved you know this kind of thing um and and she she kind of realizes it because laurie sort of calls Mm -hmm. her he's he's there too and he sees it and that one that one cracks me up too i was Um, more just i love the picture you are calling her out (laughs) i know he does not let her get away with it i i thought that was hilarious um and i love the pickwick portfolio all of their yes. all of their little gatherings yeah. mm-hmm. where they where they're writing these things to each other that are just so cute. Yep. Um, it's the kind of things where if you were a parent and you knew about it, you'd be hiding that away so that you'd yes. keep it forever. You know, it's, it's the cutest mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I love Joe's feast. That turns out. Terribly. Oh my goodness, that was one of mine. Does- yes, <laughs> every last thing I wrong was cracking <laughs> up during that part. Let me tell you. It was like with the bread. That's when I started laughing because she. Oh my uh, word! Who, um, who starts making it and lets it rise and and she like yes. runs into the room where Meg is entertaining someone. 
then she's like, hey, I say, <laughs> is this supposed to rise beyond the pan or something like that? Yes. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. It kind of, and like, um, the, uh, it kind of reminded me of Anne of Green Gables, like where she tries to be yes. so civilized and like, it just yes. all goes. And it got away yeah. from her. It was horrible. <laughs> it all got away from her. <laughs> and Meg even tells her, you know, maybe just do one thing well. Right. And she's like, no, I can, I got this. I'm going to do all of these things and I'm going to make the bread and I'm going to yeah. make the dessert and I'm going to, and she puts, you know, salt on the yes. strawberries and <laughs> Asper- she cooked the asparagus for a half hour or no, for, for an, an hour. hour or something. Yeah, for an hour. I'm, I'm picturing asparagus that's been cooked oh for an hour goodness. and it's just hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. So funny. Mm. And then um, last one, okay. I promise. Um, <laughs> and then there's, um, I love Beth and her relationship with Lori's grandfather. Mm. So I love where she's, she's playing the piano for yeah. him, but without knowing yes. it. So they've kind of cleared the way all the way from her door to the piano so that no one will bother her and no one will know. She won't know that she's mm-hmm. basically putting on a concert for the whole mm-hmm. house and she doesn't realize yeah. it. I yeah. love that. Um, one of my, well. So what about I, you? I stole you one did, of them. but I had more than one. <laughs> ah, you didn't pick one either. Yeah, I knew you couldn't just pick one either. So another part that I thought was really funny was when Beth accidentally forgot to feed the bird for the week and the bird died. Oh, and oh, Amy yeah. comes in and is like, put him in the oven and maybe he'll get warm and revive. <laughs> and Beth was like, um, he's been starved. He's not, I'm not going to bake him after he's dead or something like that. <laughs> it just cracked me up. Yes. And the way that she worded yes. it was so funny. I can't remember the wording, but it was hilarious. She's like, I'm not going to bake him now that he's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, my Amy word. That putting him in the oven might revive him. <laughs> I hope the coals are very low, but even then. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then another. Yeah, I do love that. One scene. more part. One more. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, another part that was more emotional for me, I guess, was um, when Joe cut off her hair, her one beauty. Um, <laughs> the one beauty. But I actually <laughs> kind of had like a little flashback there. Oh of, no! But it wasn't oh, in a bad way. It wasn't in a bad way. It was like in a. Okay. It was in a sweet, tender moment way, like. Okay, yeah. Good. So, um, mm-hmm. what two two years ago? Two years. I think it would have been about two. Two yeah. and a half, maybe. I don't know. Somewhere around there. I. I think it was maybe January ish yeah. or something. Yeah, it was at the beginning of the year. So I um, I had leukemia and I had decided to shave my head, and Laura was actually at my house, and not planning on shaving your head right like you hadn't planned on doing that I actually didn't know you had planned on it so I we do not live close um I had come to visit 
um, from Augusta at that point, um, about five hours away, I'd come to visit and you had brought up that you thought it was probably about time. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, so I didn't know you were planning on doing that. Well, I, I was because it was kind of like, a. I felt like Satan was using it to like make me Mm. fear and I just needed to be done with it like I needed to let go of that and like it was kind of encompassing like all these different fears about like my cancer and and my daughter and like all these different things so I I just decided it was like a symbol in your head it really was all these all these fears that were yeah so I I decided one day, okay, it's time. I need to do this. And Laura was at my house and um, we went to the bathroom and then I just like kind of lost it. Like I just, I just, I don't know. I just was so scared. (laughs) And, and Laura was just so sweet. (laughs) You just like held my hand and you're like, do you want me to do it? I'll go first. I'll go first. And so you made it like a fun thing and you, you, you know, had Nathan shave like different parts and make different, you know, (laughs) different crazy hairdos and stuff like that. And then after that, I was like, okay, I can do this. And I, I did, and we did it together and it was, but that just, you know, reminded me like, oh, the things you are willing to sacrifice for the ones you love, you know? Yeah. Like she was willing to give up what she thought was her only beautiful attribute, you know, like for the person that she loved. And so, yeah. And it, and it was a struggle for her, but she realized that it, it, it was totally worth it. And, and she didn't, she didn't regret it. Right. You know, um, was it worth, it was worth it for her father. So was it worth it for you? Oh my word. I, I, (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. I would do that again in a heartbeat. It was like, I, I've told you before, for me, it was just yeah. hair. For you, it represented yes. so much more than that. And I was more than happy to walk through that with you. It was a really, it was actually a really beautiful, yeah. it was a really yeah. beautiful moment between us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, it was, it was really, yeah, it was really bonding yeah. and <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I just felt really privileged, mm. honestly. Mm. So, anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so move on. <laughs> moving on before I cry. Um, okay, so there, um, there is a definite rhythm to the lives of the March mm. family, and they kind of do certain things every day. Um, they have certain traditions. They they even sing the same songs a lot of times mm-hmm. each night. Um, do you have any? you know, family rhythms or traditions yeah. that you love. So I love traditions. Like anybody that knows me knows that I, I just love traditions. One of the reasons I love Christmas is because of all the traditions. Like, so, yeah. um, you know, our family, I do try and do certain special things, you know, not just at Christmas, but, you know, every time of the year but one thing that we've started doing that I have so enjoyed is um uh doing a Passover meal 
which I might have stolen that idea mm. from you. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, we definitely, we did yes. one together when we happened, when I, I, I happened to be there yeah. at some point um, where we can yeah, do one together. But I yeah. just love, I mean, I've come to love Easter probably just as much as I do Christmas, which is kind of shocking to some people because I am a fanatic when it comes to Christmas, but, um, (laughs) yes, but, but I love that. I'm, I'm, I've become more so over the years, I think. So Easter, I, I just, the more I learn about it, the more I study it, the more I'm intrigued by it. And, um, yeah, so it's just become a really fun family tradition for us where we'll have a Passover meal. We'll, um, recline and relax at the table and we'll have the, you know, special stuff that we make. Um, and we talk about, you know, the connection between the story of Moses and Jesus coming and um, how he fulfilled, you know, the prophecies and stuff. So it, yeah, that's one of my yeah. new favorite traditions that we've started in the last, probably the last four or five years, four or five years. So do you have any? I, I actually have a lot of them and I'm not going to go into it, but I, um, like you, I, I really yeah. love Christmas too. So for that, for me, um, a lot of them do center around Christmas time. I love, um, we like to do the advent mm-hmm. candles and we usually just light them on Sundays. Um, but then throughout the week or throughout the, the Christmas time, we will do, um, kind of leading up to we go through almost the entire gospel Mm. through scripture, starting in the old Testament and come all the way to Christ and, and his birth. Um, and that's been really special for me because I feel like it's a chance for our kids to get the entire gospel story Mm -hmm. throughout the, throughout scripture. Um, so we love that. We love, um, and we don't do it every year, but a lot of years we'll actually make an advent plate Mm -hmm. to light the candles on Mm -hmm. as a family. And then that becomes something that we can bring out each year and say, Oh, this was our, you know, 2012 plate when you were a baby and you were this you know um things like that and then um another big one is birthday cake for jesus and as you know we've we've done that since we were little kids our parents always made a birthday cake for jesus and we would we would Mm -hmm. sing happy birthday to jesus on his birthday um or the day that we celebrate of course (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway those are just a few for me um I love. So, uh, we actually had a listener ask us some questions about, uh, the book. Our niece, Hannah, her husband asked us a couple questions. So Benjamin, shout out to you. (laughs) Shout out Um, to Benjamin. So we can't do all the questions that he asked just for time sake, but, um, he did ask what character do we see ourselves in the most and why so um do you want to share a little about that okay sure so um growing up I probably would have said Joe Hmm. um mostly because I just I I can appreciate her creativity and her she she loves to write she loves to read um, she'll kind of go off into the attic and read for hours and just yeah. by herself and that kind of thing. But, um, but she had, she was very social too. And I'm not sure yes. I was as social as her. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was a little more kind of 
loner <laughs> independent yes um yeah you always laugh at me about she's probably <laughs> up in her room listening to in my room <laughs> yes uh. <laughs> anyway <laughs> but um I would say now I actually relate more to Marmy. <laughs> mm. um yeah. she you know she Although, honestly, she's probably more my ideal than what I actually am. I just relate mm. to how she thinks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. wanting her children to, wanting to instill all these values and wanting to guide them into, like you said, who they can, who she knows they can be. Yeah. And seeing all this potential and really hoping and praying for that potential to be realized. So yeah. mm. now I think my answer would be Mermy. Yeah. What about you? Well, I... I, this might be like, you know, a way out of the question, but I really do see myself in every character. Like, you know, I see a bit of myself in Meg, who's, you know, motherly. And then I see myself in Joe, who's creative and, you know, can be bold at times. And then I see myself in Beth, who's more reserved and loves music. And then Amy, who is the baby of the family. I mean, come on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to mention the characteristics that come with that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, um, yeah, I just see, and I think that's one reason that people love this book because you relate to so many characters. Yes. Um, so and they're, and their adventures and the things that they go through, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, an- another question that he asked was, um, why do you think this is a timeless classic? So I think that kind mm-hmm. of feeds into that, you know, the issues and the things that they deal with and the adventures that they have are all things that we deal with now and adventures that we have now and, you know, issues that, that, um, we struggle with now like even when we were talking about the rich versus poor that's something that that is relevant to today so very much so so i think you know that's one reason it's probably a a timeless classic because people can can relate to so many of these issues still yeah i i think um I, i was kind of thinking about this question and wondering about it myself and for me, what I came up with was it, it almost feels um, like sort of the original coming of age novel or, mm. or, or, or at least a very er, early version of mm. kind of, of, of a coming of age or teenage angst or one yeah. of those kind of novels um, where it's all about growing up and learning yeah. what it means to be a little woman, mm-hmm. what it means to be a little man, what it means to be um you know someone of character and yeah. someone you know or not or or are you not going to be that you know right. um that's that's your choice you know mm-hmm. um the struggles of the girls to be good and 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 to grow up um and and wanting to be women but also just being so drawn to the little girl thing still yeah and, um it's just so relatable mm-hmm. you know bath is is you know, she's still playing with her dolls, you know, but she's, but she's also taking care of a home. Yeah. And so I just find all of that so relatable. Yes. Kids wanting to grow up fast and and knowing they're not quite there yet. And and the struggles of the parents are very relatable. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's good. Um, so the big old question, what ranking yeah. would you give this book? So, um, I am, I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to give it a Javalia. Okay. I, I do love little women. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely, um, it's got a bit of an old fashioned style that at times to me feels almost on the verge of kind of preachy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it, it, it fumbles just a little bit on some of those types of aspects, just in the writing of it yeah. for me. Yeah. But I do love, I love the characters. I love mm-hmm. their little adventures and all the, you know, the little clubs and the, I, I, I do love it. Yeah. So I gave it a four. I gave it a four. Okay. Yeah. All a right. Four. That's fair. I can handle a little preachy. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I actually gave it a Pete's, a five, because uh-huh. I just <laughs> loved this book I've always loved this book it's it is obviously a classic but um the issues like I said are just so relevant for today and I found myself kind of like nodding along in parts and like you know cheering on the characters and laughing with them I think I found it much more entertaining this time than last time when I read it um but I definitely saw myself in the story and I I just loved it 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 reminded me of my childhood and um yeah being with my siblings and being creative and you know how yeah. we love to sing together you know being in nature yep. it just brought back a lot of good memories for me so i i just i will say you know caveat here i will say some of my favorite passages and and some of the the most beautiful things that i remember are actually in good wives mm. for me um so some of my favorite stuff didn't happen in this particular okay. um printing of the book yeah. so um so small caveat yeah. i i actually i do love this book but for me i think just because i didn't get to all of my all of the stuff that I also love yeah. <laughs> in the book. Yeah. Um, it was just a little, it brought it down a little bit for me, but I, I do ya. still love it. I hear you. I, I get that. It yeah. Is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to wrap this up, uh, would you like me to tell the next book that we've chosen? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um, for our next book we kind of are switching gears a bit and we're going to read magpie murders by anthony horowitz yes i i have to say he i actually enjoy his writing so yes you um, introduced me to him so yeah he's um he's a british author so Mm -hmm. this will be interesting definitely a change of pace for us yeah i'm excited yeah it's good so Join us next time on Grounds for Discussion, where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend.